Mark's Brook. All right, take your Bibles, if you will, Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. Ephesians chapter number 2. The Lord hit me. I want to preach on that thought. It's good to be saved. And, uh, it seemed like all week I just couldn't get settled what, uh, which way to go. And uh, yesterday we was over at the mall and we were sitting there talking and cutting up. And it just seemed like I just kept on thinking that it sure is good to be saved. Lord help me. I preached just a little while on that thought this morning. Ephesians chapter number 2. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. When you find you, please stand with me. If you can enable it, honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter number 2. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Notice verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved, hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, the Bible said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should do love you this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for what you've done in our hearts already. Lord, everything been done today has been a blessing. We leave right now and say it's been good to be in your house. But, Lord, we realize this morning we've come to another time in the service. And God, you know my heart this morning. I realize that I have no preaching me uh, God, I need just for a little while some a fresh touch. Uh, Lord, I pray give me unction, give me utterance that only comes from you. Uh, Lord, I don't know the needs of the hearts this morning, but Lord, I'm glad that you do. Uh, Lord, I know that the crowd this side they must be one. Uh, I said my voice never been saved by your marvelous grace. Uh, Lord, I pray this morning, old-fashioned, Holy Ghost conviction. Uh, God, be evident here in this place today. Uh, Lord, I pray convict sinners, save that in their to devil's head. Uh, Lord, I pray this morning, if there be one walking a far distance away, uh, Lord, would you encourage their heart this morning, Lord, if there be one, uh, uh, Lord, walking a far distance away, would you draw them up close to you once again? Uh, and be careful this morning, give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Uh, for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name and for his sake, uh, amen and amen. You be seated. Uh, and thank you for standing with me this morning. Now we've come to Ephesians chapter 2. It's a very... Uh, familiar text of scripture you've heard no doubt uh, uh, countless messages if you've been saved any length of time at all that uh, you've heard no doubt many messages out of Ephesians 2 but uh, I told you a minute ago I just want to preach this little thought that uh, it's good to be saved I'm afraid sometimes if uh, we're not real careful we get so accustomed to it uh, I'll be honest we you I was thinking this this morning that uh, I got saved when I was seven years old Lord I uh, if the Lord doesn't come back, come July 15th, uh, I'll be 30 years old this year. Uh, and that, that means, Michelle, I talked about this morning, it's hard, I mean, I, I know it's uh, simple math, it's hard for me to believe. Uh, I, I've been saved almost.
almost 23 years. Uh, that's hard for me to believe. Uh, that's, uh, that's for a long time, Johnny. More my life spent being saved uh, uh, than I was lost. And I, I'm thankful for that. that. That may not be some of your testimonies, but uh, I'm thankful that the Lord let me uh, uh, save me early and get me away from some things. And uh, I'm thankful for that. But if we're not careful, we'll become so accustomed to it. Uh, I'm afraid it loses its specialness if we're not careful. Uh, uh, we've been saved so long. Some of you have been saved uh, uh, longer this morning than I've been alive. Uh, if you're not careful, it'll lose the specialness. It'll lose the excitement. Uh, you'll lose how good it is to be saved. Uh, uh, this morning, I just want to take a few minutes and look at what Paul said uh, here in the book of Ephesians. And I, I'll be rather quick. Uh, I'll do my best to preach fast. We'll go home, okay? Uh, I just say a few things about being saved. Uh, a few, uh, God, I might come up with it already. Uh, uh, just a few things uh, about being saved that sure is good. Uh, I mean, some things I sure am thankful for this morning. Uh, I say, number one, I'm glad uh, uh, that it's personal, aren't you? Uh, watch what your Bible said in verse number one. Paul said, uh, and you. What have I said? Uh, Oh my, I'm glad this morning is personal. Uh, it does not matter. There's some here this morning that uh, maybe your mom and daddy isn't saved. There's some that uh, maybe your brother and sister isn't saved. There's some that maybe your spouse isn't saved. Uh, oh my, but can I say this? I'm glad it's personal. Uh, I'm glad it's a whosoever will gospel, aren't you? Uh, and Paul said, and you uh, hath he quickened. What about that? Not only is it personal. I want to say this, it's powerful. Uh, uh, watch what he said. And you, at the quick uh, who were dead in trespasses and uh, sins. That word, quicken, it literally means to be uh, made alive. That's what it means. Uh, uh, the, your nail, you've heard me say this before, your fingernail has a quick. You've heard people say, I cut it to the quick. And that, hey, what that quick does, John, uh, that quick is alive. What's on the end of your fingernail? Uh, what do you call it, honey, where everything's clear on the tips? Is white. What's that called? A French tip. That's for you ladies. Ever got a French tip? What you're painting uh, is dead as a doornail. It's dead. That's, that nail on the end of your finger is dead. Uh, it has no life in it. The quick uh, is alive. Uh, that quick, what makes your fingernail cut? It may have. Uh, what makes your fingernail grow? The quick, uh, the alive part, the part that's living, it pushes out the dead uh, and causes it to grow. Oh my, here's what the Bible said it means uh, to be made alive, to live. Uh, and the Bible said, and you uh, hath he quickened, watch this, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, you say, preacher, how, how powerful that. Uh, uh, is it how powerful the salvation is that you're talking about? Well, I tell you, it's powerful enough uh, to make a man live that was dead. Right. Is that not right? Uh, and you, as these wicked who were dead in trespasses and sins, uh, here's the idea. I've heard it said before that uh, you ought to do this to a lost man, you ought to do that to a lost man, you ought to do this and that uh, uh, in order to see him come under conviction and be saved. Uh, I tell you the truth of the matter, uh, last time I checked, a dead man couldn't hear. Right, right. And a dead man couldn't see. Right, yeah. And a dead man couldn't move. Right. Paul clearly said, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespassing sins. 
Let me tell you the truth this morning. Oh, God, hit me. I'm about to come unglued. Uh, the truth this morning is if you're here this morning lost, uh, don't beat yourself up because you don't see what everybody else sees. Uh, don't beat yourself up because you don't hear what everybody else hears. Uh, the truth of the matter is a dead man can't hear and can't see. Right. All right. But you hath he quickened to be made alive. You know what happened the night I got saved? Uh, I remember the Holy Ghost come by that night and quickened my heart. Uh, the idea of John was Bible said, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, uh, the Word of God, the Spirit of God began to quicken me, uh, uh, to make me alive. And all of a sudden I realized uh, I saw things I'd never seen. I understood things. Uh, I heard things. Uh, what I tell you is this is powerful enough uh, uh, to make alive that which was dead. Uh, Thank God for the past. The Bible said that you have present tense. He quickened yeah. uh, who were dead. Uh, oh, my, you preacher, I ain't on that. Uh, yeah. A dead man that's been made alive. Uh, uh, my, my life looks so different this morning. Uh, you know why it's good to be saved? Uh, I'm not dead anymore. I'm alive. Uh, uh, somebody said, well, uh, uh, you'll never have joy until you get saved. I believe that. Uh, uh, somebody said, you'll never have peace until you get saved. I believe that. Uh, uh, but can I go a step farther? You'll never live till you get saved. Uh, the Bible said you have been quickened uh, who were dead. You may have a physical life. Uh, oh my, but isn't it good this morning to be saved by the grace of God? Yeah. Uh, to be made alive, to be quickened uh, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, uh, so we see it's personal. That uh, we see it's powerful. Then I'm going to say this. It's practical this morning. Watch what your Bible said verse 6. Notice this. Wherein in time past ye, that's that word ye, Carries the idea of an individual. Paul's writing, uh, when you read it, it's wrote in the personal context. He's saying ye. When I read that, I'm saying Paul's saying ye. When you read it, he's saying ye. But watch this, what we get ready to say. Right. Ye walked according to the course of this word, according to the prince of the power of the air. Spirit that works with your disobedience. Watch verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation at times like this. In the lust of our flesh, fill desires of the flesh, and of the mind, whereby nature of the children of wrath, even as others. Here's what Paul's saying. Salvation is personal. It's individual. Right? Yeah. It's your choice this morning. You're not, you're not going to be saved because you're a member of Blue Ridge Baptist Church. <laughs> Yeah. You're not going to be saved because you join some good news club at school. You're not going to be saved because you are a member of this church or that church. Uh, it takes being born again. And that uh, being yeah. saved by the grace of God is personal. Personal decision. Yeah. But I want to say this it's needful for all. Uh, it's practical. What I mean by that, Paul said in verse 2, he's talking personally, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in children of Now he's talking to the church in Ephesus. He's writing to the church, those that have been saved by the grace of God. And he says, wherein in time past ye walked. He's writing to those saved. But in verse 3, we learn an interesting truth. The Bible said, among whom also we all had our conversation. That word conversation, John, it doesn't mean our, our, our conversation like we would think. It means our lifestyle. It means our actions. It means our deeds. What he's saying is we all in time past had our conversation. Is that right? What's what he said? Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh. Watch this. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind were by nature the 
children of wrath. You know what Paul's really saying? He's talking about our sin nature. Adam fell in the garden. Adam sinned in the garden because of that. A sin nature has been passed to every man, woman, boy, and girl. Doesn't matter how young, doesn't matter how old. I don't know who the youngest in here is. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe Savannah, maybe, I don't know. Which one's younger, Aaron or Savannah? We'll pick on Savannah. She's awake and he's asleep. Savannah, as precious as she is, and as sweet as she is, and as cute as she is, she has a sin nature. You know how I know she has sin nature? Because her mama's got a sin nature. Yeah. Her daddy's got a sin nature. Her grandma's got a sin nature. Her grandpa's got a sin nature. Right. And, and, and then every right. man, woman, boy, and girl passes it on to the next generation. Now, it's a problem that we all have our conversation in time past with the lust of the flesh and the desire to fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind that our flesh longs for things that are not right. They go contrary to the will and the word of God. We fulfill the lust of those flesh by nature. And our mind for the dry, is, is designed to be long for those things. And by nature, that's what we do. The Bible said, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. What Paul's saying is this. Just because you're saved now. He stops in verse 3, almost like this. He says, Verse 1, he tells us, and you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. And then he tells us in verse 2, how that we, when time passed, what we did. And then in verse 3, it's almost like Michelle, he stopped and said, just remember how bad you were. It's almost like he just said, remember what your mind used to go to. Remember what your hands used to do. Remember what your flesh longed for and how you fulfilled the desires of the flesh. And we all did that. Somebody said, Right. It's practical this morning. You know how I know it's practical? Because every single person under the sound of my voice needs to be saved by the grace of God. Right. Every right. single person under the sound of my voice is a sinner. Right. We all had our conversation. Right. Now, those that have been saved, uh, there's a new nature been put in. All right? But before you saved, all that you had was by nature the children of wrath. Is that right? <coughs> so it's practical. What's first on the floor? We see a drastic change. That that word but is a conjunction. It it, it, it ties things together. It's almost joint like it ties something uh, that it ties something that doesn't go together together. What I mean by that is this. Verse 3, we have a pretty bleak picture. And then in verse 4, God hit me. Then in verse 4 it says, but God. That, here's what happens. God who does not have a sin nature. God who has no sin. God who cannot lie. God who is holy and righteous. That word but ties God, the holiness of God, to the sinfulness of man. Yeah. What about that? As wretched as we are, God ties himself to. What about that? But God, watch this, I got hurt. I told you I'm not going to be long. I said that Sunday school and I preached way too long. Watch this. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye, ye are saved. I will say this about verse 4 and 5. Not only is it personal and powerful and practical, but I will say it's passionate. What I mean by that is, what's what the Bible said in verse 5? Ever, or verse 4, you ever notice this? But God who is, what's that next word? 
rich in mercy. Watch this. God is rich in mercy for his what? Great love. Not just love. Not just mercy. But he's rich in mercy. And his great love. What about that? It's passionate. Rod, he's not just merciful to us. He's rich in mercy. He didn't just love us, but Kenny, it's a great love. Yeah. What about that? I mean, just dirty, rotten sinners that ought to be in hell. Right. Yeah. He's not just merciful to us. He's rich in mercy. Right. right. Yeah. Well, dirty, rotten sinners that ought to be in hell. He doesn't just love us, but it's a great love. Watch what he said. <coughs> For his great love wherewith he loved us. He didn't just love us. He has a great love toward us. What about that? Verse 5. What kind of love is it? Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. See how passionate it is. God, who has no sin. God, who cannot look on sin. God, who can never, ever, ever, ever be satisfied by sin. Is that right? Yet, he loves sinners with a great love. Bible says in verse 5, even when we were dead in sins. Not, Kurt, that we cleaned ourselves up. Not that we got better. Not that we quit. Mm -hmm. Is that right? No, no, I'm not, I don't want to take it out of context. Is that right? Even when we, not that we made ourselves alive, we're still dead in sin. In a filthy, dirty, rotten mess that nobody, I heard a story the other day. I was talking to a gentleman. He said, Preacher, I went so far. My mama told me not to come back. Preacher, my mama doesn't even love me anymore. And I said, That may be true, but I know one that does. Right. right. Yes. That's right. Oh, my, I told my neighbor, even while we were yet dead in sins, uh, then he still had rich in mercy. Uh, he still had a great love for everything he loved us. Uh, and the Bible went on to say, verse 5, verse 6, uh, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Watch, oh, my. Oh, boy, I got to show you something. Uh, come, come here, Andrew. Hurry. Come here to a second. Here's the idea. Here's what we're Sunday school. We talked about how that we was put in Christ and Christ was put in us. Let me show you a picture. I want, I want you to do me a favor. Stand, don't fall down, but stand right here and just, just close your eyes. Don't move. Don't do nothing. Act like you're dead, okay? I mean, here he is, just a dirty, rotten sinner. Dead, no good, no nothing. And the Bible said he has quickened us together with Christ. Watch this. Can I show you, something? Can I show you the picture? The idea is this. Uh, now watch this. Christ uh, took on the flesh of man. Uh, and he did that to fulfill the law. We talked about this morning in Sunday school. That he, he, as man, John, he fulfilled every job, every to the law. Uh, he did not He did not sin against the law at all. Uh, he fulfilled the law. Uh, and yet he was put to death. Is that right? Uh, he paid the penalty of sin. Uh, yeah. But he was not a sinner. That's because the wages of sin is death. If only Christ had committed one sin in his life, he could not have resurrected from death. The resurrection is proof of the vicarious life of Christ. Now watch this. So Christ dies at Calvary. 
laid in the tomb for three days and three nights. Early in the morning, the first day of the week, that Sunday morning, by the way, that what happened was this. We know the story. They came to the tomb and the stone was rolled away. And he, he had risen. He, he was victorious over death and hell. Yeah. And we find, we find in Scripture that he did that both by his power and the Father raised him up. Now the Bible tells here in Ephesians 2, God hit me, that we've been quickened together with Christ. Oh my. He was a sinner that paid the penalty of sin. Right. He, was, he was sinless and paid the penalty of sin. Right. Excuse me. We're a sinner that never has to. Can I show you the reason why? Watch this. What happened was here this sinner is dead. No good at all. Christ, sinless, yet he died. When God raised him from the grave, uh, he quickened us together. Wake up. Uh, he's quickened us together. Uh, and now, watch this. Uh, I'm a sinner that'll never have to face a penalty of sin because uh, I've been quickened together with Christ. Uh, my life rests in him, uh, but not just my life, my death. Uh, he died so I didn't have to. Uh, I may lay this body down, but I'll never face the second death. Uh, hey, can I say this? We've been quickened together. Uh, I died in him. I was buried in him. I was resurrected in him. I have eternal life in him. You know how I know that? Because it's not in me. It's in him. I've been quickened together of the same power that quickened him and made him alive and raised him up. You sit down. It's the same one as a seven-year-old boy that come by where I was and quickened my heart and made me alive and keeps me alive and secures me and gives me eternal life. We've been quickened together with him. All I'm saying this morning is it just sure is good to be saved. I don't know anything else like it. It's not anything I've done. It's him. I'm glad to be quickened together with him. And Paul went on to say this, for by grace ye are saved. Here's what Paul's saying. Before you get too highfalutin about that, just remember you didn't do nothing to earn that. Right. That's, right. That's what Paul's saying. Paul said you didn't deserve that. You just a sinner ought to be in hell. But God put you in Christ and Christ in you and quickened you together and buried you with him and died with him and raised again with him and her life with him. Oh my, we're going to get here just when we made the sin head and replaced it with him. And Paul said just remember it's my grace. Grace, the word grace simply means this. God's unmerited favor. Huh? What it means is getting what you didn't deserve. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. My, my, my. Mercy. Mercy's not getting what you did deserve. Grace is getting what you didn't deserve. Yeah. Right. Oh, my. He's, oh, can I say this just one more time? He's rich in mercy. Huh? Oh, my. Oh, I'm glad for that. That word rich. Huh? I'm trying to hurt, I promise you I am, but I, I'm bogging down here. You can see my outline. I ain't got not one thing wrote down. I just got my point and the verse. It's all I got. But I, I'm just trying to help us this morning. Uh, right. Mercy is rich in mercy. Can I say this? Uh, that word rich carries the idea of an abundance. It carries the idea of more than enough. Uh, here's the picture Paul said. Uh, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. Uh, I don't know how bad you are. Uh, but I do know he's rich in mercy. Uh, what 
Paul saying is he's got more than enough. He's got an abundance. His mercy. The Bible said it like this. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. His mercy and grace will never run out. I'm about to come unglued. He's never been a sinner that was too far gone. His mercy and grace to be enough. And if you learn about it, the Bible gives us this. His mercies are new every morning. What about that? No wonder he's rich in mercy. Yeah. I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. I gotta win. Watch this. Watch this. Let me hurry. Not only I'm gonna say is, is it personal and powerful and practical, but it's passionate. Then I want to say this. It's present in verse number six. Watch what your Bible said. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now that's an interesting verse. Bible said, and hath raised us up together. That's past tense. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he said, he hath raised us up together. That's already happened. They're saved. Watch this. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's not past tense. That's present tense. And made us sit together in heavenly places is present tense. It did not say he will make us sit together. Is that right? It did not say he might make us sit together. It said and made us sit together in heavenly places. Now let me show you the truth. Oh, I love it. We've talked a lot about this morning. You got saved. The Holy Ghost indwelled you. The Holy Ghost lived on the inside. That's the comforter. You got saved. Christ is in you. That's what Apostle Paul said. Not just that, John. We're in him. Is right? I'm not being smart when I say this. I talked to a man. His free will leaves you lose salvation. I talked to him one time and he said, I just hope it's time for me to die. I hope it'll be enough I'll go to heaven. Boy, you talk about blowing his mind. Here's what I told him. I said, I'm not hoping anything. According to Ephesians 2, I'm already sitting in heaven. Mm -hmm. You say, preacher, explain that to me. Be honest with you, I can't. But here's what I know. Christ is in me. At the same moment that took place, I got placed in him. And he ascended to the Father and sitting on the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. Yeah. And if I'm in him, that means I'm there now. Right. I'm a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Well, the idea is this. It's as good. It's not. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. If I were to say, if I were to say, uh, well, I really can't tell you exactly what I want to say. I'm going to say it like this. I want to say it's like saying it's as good as I'm already there. But that's really not the truth. Because it's not just the promise of being there. It's the fact, John, that he's baptized, that the Holy Ghost baptized us into the body of Christ. And because he's there, even though physically I'm not there, because he's there. And I'm part of him. 
I am as good as I am. Does that make, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm trying to explain it. Why? Because I'm a part of him, and he's there. Even though I'm not physically there, he's made us right now. See it in heavenly places. You realize this morning, there's no doubt you're saved by the grace of God. Now, heaven will be your home. What about that? Can I just stop by and say one more time? It sure is good to be saved. I mean, listen, this work Bible said, man, one woman, a few days full of trouble. We know that. There's all kinds of trouble and heartache in this world. I understand that. But I tell you, it's just good to be saved. It's not just that I'm hoping. It's not just that I'm wanting that. It's not just that someday. But Nancy, I've already been baptized in the body of Christ. If he's there, one of these days, faith is going to give way to sight and be absent from the body. He'll be present with the Lord. I'll tell you, he's made us right now to sit together. What about this? Let me hurry. I quit. We see it's present. Right. You do what she does. 
some services and I've, I've been in my study and I've been praying before and all of my life did it felt like it was surreal and so close I felt like I could almost there's been times I'm just telling you the truth you think I'm crazy for too there's only been times it's surreal I've looked over beside of me to see if it was sitting there I mean but I'll tell you this coming today I'm going to lay eyes on Right. I mean, I'm going to see uh, if the Lord will let me, and I, I, I'm trusting him that he will. Uh, we talked about some Wednesday. Come December, I'm planning to go over to Israel. Why I can't wait? I'm excited about it. I can't, I, I'm telling you, I can't wait to put foot where he did. And I, I can't wait to see those things and experience those things. And, and Michelle, I'm looking forward to that, but that doesn't even mean I'm dropping a bucket at how to finally lay eyes on him. Uh, I mean, seeing him face to face. Uh, Laying eyes on him, seeing him and feeling him and touching him. I can't even imagine that. Hearing his voice. Here's the idea. The ages to come. Evidently, you and I don't grasp the grace of God. Is that right? The Bible said in Revelation 5 that the, the Bible said in Revelation 5 that the line of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book. When John looked to see that, the Bible said John pictured the church. When he looked, John said, I beheld a lamb as it was slain. The idea was this. When John pictured the church, saw him, he didn't see him as a king. Didn't see him, didn't see him as a didn't see him as a Messiah. Didn't see him as all those things. You see what he saw? Here's what I believe that the ages to come not give us exceeding riches of his grace. Maybe we see him. We see Michelle when they pierced his hands. Pierced his side. We see how he suffered. And we finally see what he laid out to die for us. But for the first time in our life, when we truly have the mind and the body of Christ, the glorified body. I believe we'll truly understand 
the exceeding riches of his grace that he showed toward us. In the, I've said in the ages to come, here's what I believe. I think it'll be so overwhelming that we'll never tire. I'm gonna make a statement, and every time I say it, I get myself in trouble. So don't get mad at me. Tell you my opinion. I've studied my Bible quite a bit to what I believe. Heard all my life when I get to heaven, I'm gonna see Mama. All my life when I get to heaven, I'm gonna see Grandma. Heaven, I want to see. I've heard preachers say, when I get heaven, I want to ask Paul what it was like to do this. I want to ask Daniel what I I believe when we finally see him, I don't believe we'll be interested in anything else. Right. Yeah. I don't think Kirk is ever going to. I heard a preacher one time say, when I spent about a million years with him, I don't, a million years, I don't think we'll ever. In the ages to come, my soul and this exceeding riches of God, I don't think we'll ever get over For all eternity, I think we'll be enamored and all. That he would love us that much. That he would die. That he would suffer. That he'd be willing to die. That he'd die for a wretch like me. I think even when we finally realize that. And now listen, don't fall out with me. Mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa, they ain't going to be upset because you didn't come say Because guess what? They're going to be so enamored with it. They ain't going to care about you neither. Right. right. I mean, the exceeding riches of his, of his grace. It's going to be all consuming. I believe for all eternity we'll worship him when we finally understand just how good it really was to be saved. Is that right? Watch this. I got to hurry. Help me. What time is it? Oh my, I got to hurry. Lord, notice verse 8. I'll quit. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I will say this the final thing I want to say about being saved, how good it is. It's provided. Yeah. Not a thing this morning you can do to earn it. Not a thing you can do to stir it up. Not a thing you can do this morning to qualify. In fact, you qualify already. The only thing you've got to do to qualify is be a sinner. Since we're all sinners, we all qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's what your Bible says? By grace are you saved faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Here's the idea. If I come to you individually, if you're here this morning, you've never been saved. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to draw attention to you. I want you to listen real carefully to what I'm about to say. Here's the idea. The Bible said it is the gift of God. Be like if I come to you individually and had a hundred dollar bill in my pocket. And I stuck it out to you. And I said, this is yours. You can have it. All you've got to do is ask me for it. You didn't earn it. Ronald, I pick on Ronald. You didn't come cut three for me. You didn't wash my vehicle. You didn't mow my yard. You didn't do anything. No labor to have that. You're undeserved of it. But I say, you'll take it. It's provided. You didn't work for it. You didn't make that hundred dollars. You didn't go get that hundred dollars. You didn't help me get that hundred dollars. It's mine. I'm just offering it to you. The gift. That's the idea of salvation. I will say something. This morning, God is offering you something far greater than a hundred dollar bill. Offering you the chance to be born again. 
to be quickened, to be alive, no longer be dead. Give me a story real quick. I'll quit. I'm done right here. I told it before. I'll tell it again. I read a book one time about this man went to Niagara Falls, I believe it was. He was a stunt artist. He tried to make his living. And he stretched a tightrope from one end of Niagara Falls to the other. And he walked across it. That big crowd gathered and they hooked and hollered. He, he'd start on one side and go the other. Everybody, the danger of it brought, brought everybody to the crowd. Well, the crowd started winning, so he had to do something new. So he, he got him something to twirl in his hands while he was walking across. He walked across that tightrope. Juggling, whatever the case may be. Crowd go crazy. Over time, excitement died down. So what he did was he went and got him a wheelbarrow. And he got on that tightrope. He pushed that wheelbarrow across on that tightrope and kept the wheelbarrow and him both on there. More crowd went crazy. Well, half the time that kind of got a little bit slow too. So he went around, he filled it up with bricks to make that much harder. I mean, if it slipped off that rope, there's no way. He could hold him and that wheelbarrow bricks up, you know, to keep him off. Well, I got everybody's attention. Went across the crowd, hooped and hollered. Well, finally that got down. So the man thinking one day decided what he'd do. So he come out and he said, How many of you believe I'd take this wheelbarrow and go across this tightrope? Crowd erupted. Everybody said, Yes, you can do it. We've seen you do amazing things. You can do it. He said, how many, I mean, how many of you really believe I'm doing Crowd around. He said, all right. Who'd be willing to sit in it while I go across? Silence. Nobody. Everybody backed up. They believed with their hand he could do it. But they didn't believe enough to sit down and look. Now listen to me. Salvation is more than my head rocks. That right? It's more than just believing he's the Son of God. It's more than just knowing that he died for you. Salvation, I've seen you say, by grace through faith. What must happen in the picture? You must be willing to sit down and say, Lord, I'm trusting you with everything I've got. Taking my hands off of it. John, the night you got saved, I, I, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I've heard some of your testimony. That, there's a lot of things in your life that changed. But that night you got saved, you put all your faith in him. Is that right? All your faith went to him. Not your mama, not your daddy, not your church membership, not your baptism. Him. He made the change. So here's my question this morning. Can you take me to a place in your life Maybe you'd be here and you say, Preacher, I, I don't know that I can be a faith all that good to be saved. I ask you a question. Can you take me to a place in your life? I'm not asking you to tell me the day. I'm not asking you to tell me the time. But I'm asking you in your mind, can you take me to a place where God convicted your heart, showed you you a sinner, and you trusted him? Spiritually speaking, you accepted his gift and said, Lord, I'm trusting you with my soul. I couldn't do that. Sure will be an awful good day to find out how good you're to be saved. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get Brother Kenny to come play soft. I'm going to ask you to stay in your seat. Just for a moment.